Well, last week we talked about uh, God's faithfulness, about, uh, you know, just how, what that looks like. Because sometimes we get that confused. Sometimes we get it a little mixed up. We think of religion instead of relationship, right? We think of religion instead of uh, watching God at work. And so uh, we talked about that a little bit, but today we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the, what that looks like in our lives, how we get to demonstrate that, how God has given us the task of demonstrating his faithfulness in the lives of others. So, uh, you know, last week we talked about that, uh, that uh, time where, you know, the uh, swim lesson, right, where you just have to trust and jump, right? Well, adults like to kind of do that too. But we, we do it at, like, uh, company meetings, and we do it at, at maybe during school uh, um, assemblies, you know. You have somebody on stage, and, and they turn around, and there's a whole bunch of people down here, right? You know, yeah, just wait. Okay, and that person turns around, and he goes, okay, I trust that you're going to catch me when I fall. Wait, there's nobody here. Uh, I'm a little concerned now, but, uh, you know, we, we have that, that demonstration, right? Uh, and and we, we think that that brings the team together, right? That, okay, now we can trust each other. Now we can rely on each other. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, I, I think it would probably be better and more accurate if every once in a while the team agreed, let's just drop this one, <laughs> Right? Because so many times in our lives, there are, there are people uh, who come along and they say, I'm going to be faithful to you, I'm going to stick by you, we're going through life together, uh, you know, uh, maybe even uh, friendships and, and all that, and then all of a sudden when you need them the most, right, your back hits the floor. And you know, I think that probably wouldn't be a good idea, that demonstration though. Imagine if that was you. Imagine if, if you were the one that was dropped, okay? Imagine the kind of pain and heartache that would cause you. And imagine how little you would trust the next group, right? When, when they start lining up and saying, oh yeah, we've done this before, it's, it's a trust exercise. And you say, oh yeah, I've seen this before, uh-uh, right? I'm not going to be a part of that. So it, it really speaks to the importance of faithfulness, doesn't it? the importance and the gravity of the situation. And so, I, you know, I want to be clear from the very start, I'm not saying that we're going to be perfect in this area of faithfulness. In fact, I can pretty much guarantee you that at one time or another, we're going to fall short of faithfulness, of God's faithfulness. Because God's faithfulness is 100%, isn't it? So I, I want you to know that we're not always going to get it right. We're not always going to, to uh, be perfect demonstrations of his perfect faithfulness. And honestly, I, I want to tell you that because of those mistakes that we make, because we kind of drop the ball, there's going to be hurt in our lives sometimes, isn't there? You know, there's going to be relationships that are broken. There's going to be difficulty because of that. But just because we don't get it right all the time doesn't mean we should say, well, I guess I can't be faithful. I might as well scrap the whole thing, right? That's not what God's Word tells us. And so we're going to look at some of the ways that God uh, shows us that we can be faithful in our lives. You know, with every situation that comes up in your life, with every circumstance 
you have the opportunity to prove his faithfulness in the life of others. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Now it is required, listen to this, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. So how do I demonstrate faithfulness in my life? You know, I, I want you to think about that verse again. Now it is required, it's necessary, that those who have been given a trust, those who have been entrusted with something, must prove faithful. Does that blow you away? I mean, that, that God's word would say this about your life? That, that uh, he would entrust us with anything? I mean, I, when I think about that, I think about giving a five-year-old my keys, right? <laughs> Do I trust that I'm going to get from point A to point B? With a five-year-old at the wheel? No. Uh-uh. Right? In the same way, sometimes I feel inadequate for the task. How can God entrust me with something so major as faithfulness? You know, it's because God has confidence in you. God has confidence in you. He has faith in you. And, and I don't want you to misunderstand. I'm not saying that you can do it on your own. But it's God working through you. But he has confidence of his work in you. I don't know about you, but that encourages me that I should have confidence in the work that God is doing in my life. So what has he given you? What has he entrusted you with? One of the first things that we're going to look at is family. God wants us to show faithfulness to our family. You know, we tend to think of faithfulness so often in the marriage relationship, right? And, and rightfully so. We talked about last week, that promise, that solemn promise is made. I'm going to stick by you. I'm going to be faithful to you. But your responsibilities to faithfulness in your family is not limited to just not cheating, right? To making sure that, that you, okay, I get to check off that list of, of my vows. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Showing faithfulness in small ways adds up to a lifestyle of faithfulness. Isn't that true? You know, it's more than just that big uh, uh, thing that we would say, okay, I'm never going to cross this line. No, it's about those small showings of faithfulness that display a lifestyle of faithfulness. I'm talking about making promises and keeping them. You know, I'm talking about speaking words that build and encourage in your family. I'm talking about being someone that your kids can trust that they can rely on, that they can count on to be there for them. I'm talking about pointing out God's faithfulness. I mean, parents, you have an opportunity to, to when in the middle of, of a difficulty, when in the middle of a circumstance that, that you don't know the end of, you can say, you know what, guys? I don't know the end, but we're going to trust God together. That increases your family's faith, doesn't it? That shows your faithfulness. I'm talking about making bold uh, steps that demonstrate that God is trustworthy. That you can say, look, he's provided for me in the past, he can do it in the future. I'm talking about bragging on God for the ways that he provides. Listen to, um, we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 20. So why don't you turn there in Proverbs chapter 20. And... uh, 
as we, as we turn there, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14 tells us that your relationship with God will influence your family. That as you prove his faithfulness, it gets noticed by your spouse, it gets noticed by your kids, and it has an impact on their lives. So in Proverbs chapter 20, you know, Proverbs is such an incredible book because obviously, you know, when we think of just Proverbs in general, what are they? They're short statements, right? Short statements that kind of have a lot of truth in them. But I love God's Proverbs because they're always true. You know, there are some Proverbs you can't trust, right? There are some Proverbs that contradict each other. But as we look at God's Proverbs, as we look at what God has to say, he gives us wisdom uh, that never contradicts itself. Proverbs chapter 20 provides guidance for what that should look like in our lives and and really for our families. What it should look like that we can be uh, depended on and faithful. Look at verse 6 real quick. It says, many a man proclaims his loyalty. Many uh, men proclaim their steadfastness, their faithfulness. Many men say, yeah, I can be relied on. And then the end of that verse says, but who can trust, a, uh, who can find a trustworthy man? So I can say all day long, yep, I'm trustworthy, I can do it. But in the end, we're kind of looking around for examples, aren't we? We're saying, uh, well, let's see. Um, so you need to determine whether you will be uh, the many who say or the few that do, right? God has entrusted you with one of the most incredible resources on this earth, your family. And whether your family is small or large or young or old or uh, whole or or even divided, we're going to look at some ways that faithfulness is to be demonstrated through you by our Lord. So let's look at verse 3. It says, Keeping away from strife is an honor for a man. But any fool will quarrel. He says, anybody can start a fight, okay? Anybody can, can uh, uh, rile up the situation, but it takes a peacemaker. Be a faithful peacemaker. Verse 4, the slugger doesn't plow after the autumn, so he begs during the harvest and has nothing. Be a faithful worker. Laziness doesn't provide for your family, does it? Verse 5, a plan in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. Be a faithful planner. Be someone who says, okay, I'm going to take time to bring out wisdom. I don't understand all of it, but I'm going to seek the Lord for this, and I'm going to seek the Lord to, as, as my family comes together, the direction for my family, the steps that we're going to take together. Give your family leadership and direction. Verse 5, a plan in the heart of man. Oh, we just did that one. You didn't tell me. Okay. Verse 9, who can say, I have cleansed my heart, I am pure from my sin? That's what we call a rhetorical question. That means there's no need to respond. Everybody knows nobody can make, can wash their sins away, right? He says, be faithful in humility. Know who you are. Let your family know who you rely on. Don't try to bolster yourself up in front of your family and say, you know what? I got this under control. You don't worry. I'll take care of this. 
Say, no, look, we got to trust God for this. We got to rely on Him. Set that pace. Look at verse 10. Differing weights and differing measures, both of them are abominable to the Lord. Be faithful in honesty. You know, your family is watching you tell the truth. And your family is watching you deceive. Look at verse 14. This one gets me because I I have kind of a kinship to this, okay? Verse 14 says, bad, bad, says the buyer. Okay? So he says, well, look at this. Oh, this is just, this is garbage. Imagine going to your yard sale, right? And you find like this priceless treasure and you go, what do you want for this piece of junk? Right? He says, bad, bad, says the buyer. This, this is worthless. What do you want for it? He says, but when he goes his, his way, then he boasts. He says, you will not believe it. I pulled one over on this guy, and it was, oh man, it was the best deal I've ever gotten, right? Now, trust me, I have nothing against deals, okay? I'm all about them. But there is a difference between that and being truthful and honest in your dealings. Your family is watching you. You know, this speaks to both moms and dads, but man, I have to say, there's something a little more that God's word kind of pushes us, right? To set the example. Look at verse 22. Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord and he will save you. Be faithful in patience. Let God bring justice. You know, when someone wrongs you, <laughs> your family is watching you react. And guess what? When they see that, they take that and they say, okay, that must be the way that I should do it. And even if you say, no, no, that's not right, they say, it's too late. It's already been demonstrated to me. Verse 25, it is a trap for a man to say rashly, it is holy, and after the vows, to make an inquiry. This verse is kind of like the shoot first, ask questions later, right? It says, don't make rash decisions. Be faithful in decision making. Take your time in making those important, life-changing decisions. Don't make rash decisions and don't declare with certainty something that you don't know or that you better ask questions about. You know, that kind of uh, eats away at our, our pride, doesn't it? At our, okay, I'm in control, I got this covered, I got this handled, our, our macho ways, right? But think about the, the dramatic change that would take place in your family if you demonstrated faithfulness in these areas. You know, and we talked about last week, faithfulness is not a one-and-done thing. It's not a, okay, you know, I, I made a plan once, <laughs> right? It's a consistent, uh, ongoing demonstration of faithfulness. Turn back over to verse 7. A righteous man who walks in integrity, who leaves a trail of integrity, says, how blessed are his sons after him. He says, if you demonstrate your faithfulness, wow, 
Your sons, they're blessed. Sure, they have to make their own decisions about their relationship with God, but they've got a good example, don't they? And it was neat hearing these testimonies of those who were baptized today. What was it? Family, parents who set the example, who set an example of godliness before them. A righteous man who walks in integrity. Oh man, how blessed are his sons after him. You know, we need moms and dads who love each other and who take seriously the task that they've been entrusted with. It's heavy. It's not something that's uh, light and something that's easy. As parents, many of you know that. You've seen that. As you've seen your kids grow up, you've seen that it's not easy, is it? But he says, show yourself faithful. Young people, as you grow... You know, as, as maybe you take these steps uh, uh, for parenthood, would you allow God to make things right from the beginning? To lay a foundation for your life, a life of faithfulness. Be examples of faithfulness. You know, maybe you say, I've never really seen those examples. I've never seen that demonstrated in my family I've never had examples to look up to. Listen, if that's you, if you would say, my family is a complete mess. You know, I haven't had anybody to look up to, anyone to to be that faithful example to me. Listen, first of all, God is our Father. He has set an example for you. Follow His example. And then, Second, make a generational break. Make a decision that your kids will have an opportunity to have an example laid before them. That you will be an example for them. We have been entrusted, we've been given our families. That's not just mom, dad, kids. That's extended families. That's brothers, that's sisters. That's anybody who you have that kind of relationship with. These are principles that God, God's word gives us that if these are true in our life, we get to show God's faithfulness through them. The second is to show faithfulness to your church. Show faithfulness to your church. Turn to Hebrews chapter, 11, uh, chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And, and even as I say that, you know, sometimes people think of this idea of faithfulness to church and they associate it with obligations. They associate it with a checkoff list, you know. If, if I don't do this, if I don't come and, and attend every Sunday and check in with somebody, or if I don't give a certain amount, or if I don't do this or that, if I don't sign up for nursery, then, which, you know, is a good thing. It's not bad to sign up for nursery, okay? Instead of what God has desired the church to be, sometimes we think of it as a you better, Right? You better do this. You better do that. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. This is an amazing truth. And it it really shows the heart of God. Verse 23. says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without without wavering. It says, Have confidence in what you believe. You can trust my word. That's what we talked about last week, right? You can trust me. You can trust our Father in heaven, right? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. 
And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. God's word says we need each other. We are dependent on each other. And as we have a commonality in Christ, as we come together and say God is our authority, we get to do a couple of really neat things. It's not a way of, of keeping someone in line. It's a way, uh, you can see the heart of our shepherd, the Lord Jesus, that says, don't go it alone. Don't be out there by yourself. Listen, God has given us this gift of the church, of you and me, of this body of believers. He's given it to us because we need it. Let's see what that looks like. He says, let us consider one another. Think about how you can help God's work in the life of another person. Have you ever been in a place where you just needed encouragement? Where you were going through something and man, you just needed someone to turn to? God's church, you and me, that's what we're designed for. To be there. It's a responsibility that we all have for each other. Consider one another. Be considerate. And this isn't like a demanding or demeaning, you know, okay, I better get involved in your business. But it's a strengthening. It's a encouraging. It's a, it's a coming alongside. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says, Do nothing, that's pretty clear, right? Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Don't merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. You know, in a world where the motto is, I'm going to look out for me and mine, right? What kind of difference does it make when we say, no, it's not about me and mine, it's about us and we? And then he says, stir up love and good works. Allow God to be fully demonstrated to all those around you. You know, here the focus is, is not necessarily uh, love and good works towards each other as members of the church, as, as a part of his body. Although we should, right? We should be encouraging one another. We should be strengthening one another with love and good works. But the primary demonstration of love and good works in that passage is talking about the world around us. But he says we need to encourage one another to do it. You know, there are days I don't feel like doing certain things, right? There are days that, that we kind of get overwhelmed with life and, and uh, you know, sometimes we just pass by people and in, our, in our lives around us and we just kind of you know, have those blinders on, right? Okay, I just need to get the milk and get out of here, right? Doesn't work very well for me. <laughs> I usually have to get a snack. Uh, <laughs> but we, our job as brothers and sisters in Christ is to encourage one another in love and good works. 
Our job is to say, hey, let's get out of our comfort zone. Let's challenge each other in the ways that, that we normally think about doing things. And let's step out and change the world together. You know, it's, it's uh, kind of like uh, we get together and get to talk about how we can show God's love and how I can demonstrate my faith in practical ways. How, how I can be challenged in my life uh, to, to rid myself of some things that might be a stumbling block if somebody else sees it. A stumbling block in their way of accepting Christ. So we come together, we have this opportunity to kind of collaborate, to, to talk about what God has done and how he wants to work in our lives. Think about this. If his faithfulness is demonstrated in each of our lives, then our faithfulness should be demonstrated in each other's lives. We get to help each other. We get to, to be a part of God's work in this world together. Now, it doesn't mean we, we have to be, uh, 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 you know, inseparable. It doesn't mean that, that everyone has to know everyone and everyone has to have like this BFF relationship with everyone. That's best friends forever, by the way, in case, in case you didn't know. That's not the point of the church. The church is to support each other. You and me are the body of Christ, the church. And we get to encourage and strengthen one another. And the writer of Hebrews says, don't neglect that. He says it's so important. We need it. We need each other. And as we show faithfulness to each other, we can also see the faithfulness of God in others. So stir up love and good works. Paul does this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. He says, So then, my brethren, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. <laughs> when I read that, I, I think of a school teacher, right? It says, okay, now you're obeying me while I'm here. That's great. But when I leave, he's still obeying, right? Are you still paying attention? Are you still listening? He's challenging them. He says, work out or demonstrate your salvation with fear and trembling. It says, your job, our job together is to be a demonstration, to work out, to allow something powerful to come through, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We have been given, we have been entrusted with an incredible thing, each other. It says in verse 13, for it is God who is at work in you. And I love how, how the writer, of, uh, uh, how Paul brings that back around. He says, it's not you, it's God. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He encourages them, he pushes them, he stirs that, them up. That's what we're supposed to do with each other. We're supposed to, to, to be a part of, of stirring up what God is doing in our lives, of, of showing forth that love and good works to those around us. Don't forget to let others see the difference that has been made in your life. That's what we get to do together. We need each other to do that. He has given us that trust. He's given us uh, that responsibility for the body of Christ. 
And he's given us a task, a purpose, as we minister, as we serve together. He's, he's given us a responsibility. So what's yours? In Romans chapter 12 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I would urge you, write those down. Uh, go back and read them. They talk about how the body of Christ works together. How God has given us each a gift, a responsibility, a purpose in the body. We all have a place. And you know, over the next few months, you know, I'm going to have to let God use me in a way that I didn't necessarily expect. And God has a way of growing us and stretching us in ways that we're not used to. Isn't that true? So are you with me? Would you allow God to use you in a way that you didn't expect? Would you allow God to use you in a way that wasn't your first choice? Faithfulness says you can count on me. And it doesn't mean that we have to serve each other in the same way for the rest of our lives, okay? It doesn't mean we always have to be in nursery. It doesn't mean we always have to be in youth. It doesn't mean we always have to be an usher. Or we, it doesn't mean we always have to be a part of welcoming each other. But it means what am I doing with what I've been given? God has entrusted us with something to make his body Beautiful. To make uh, the world see his church, his believers gather together and say, there's something different. There's something unique. Am I being faithful to the people who make up your church, Lord? The person that's sitting next to me, the person that's sitting across the room from me. Okay, so, you know, we just said that we need each other's encouragement. We need each other uh, to, as we want to show forth the, these love and good works to our community. So we'd kind of be missing something if we didn't talk about showing faithfulness to your community. You know, faithfulness is, has its foundation in relationship, right? We talked about that yesterday. Uh, yesterday? No. I told you, VBS, long week. <laughs> We talked about that last week. Be a demonstration of his faithfulness to those around you. Whether it's at work or at school or baseball games or swim classes or public forums or or whatever it is, show God's faithfulness to those around you. Be a person who demonstrates that faithfulness. Someone that can be relied on. Someone that if you say this is going to take place, it happens, right? Because there's a whole world that needs a demonstration of faithfulness. There are too many with wrong and deceptive and selfish motivations. Isn't that true? You know, you think that someone's motives are pure and and good and right, and then you come to find out, what are they thinking? What are they doing? They misused a trust that was given to them, right? Right? Too many people have built a reputation of being unreliable. And they need to see something different in you. Your community needs to see something different in you. And you've told them that there is something different, right? When you share with them what Christ has done in your life, they know, they've been told that you're supposed to be different. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 calls us as believers. It says that we are a city on a hill that can't be hid. So whether you like it or not, people are looking 
at you and people are looking toward you to demonstrate faithfulness. They're expecting it. You know, and, and sometimes we, we cringe at this accusation of there's too many hypocrites in church, right? Have you heard that before? I don't want to be a, a part of a church because there's too many hypocrites in church. Am I the only one who's heard that? Good. <laughs> but, but really, think about that for a second. What are they saying? They're saying there was supposed to be something different about you, right? There's supposed to be something unique about you. You're saying that this relationship with God has changed your life. I'm not saying that I'm any better. I'm just saying it should be there, right? That is a heavy responsibility, isn't it? It's not something that we should take lightly. God has entrusted our community into our hands. People are recognizing that church should be different. So take them up on that challenge, right? Be different. And again, it's not building ourselves up. It's not saying, okay, Chris, I'm going to be different this, this week. You know, I'm going to be faithful this week. I'm going to rev myself up to something. No, it's allow God to change you and watch for it. Watch for faithfulness to come out and recognize how that happens. And don't let sin get in the way. That's what we do so often, isn't it? God is producing fruit in our life, and because of the things that we let get in the way, we kind of cut short God's work in our life, don't we? So be involved for the long haul in your community. Make commitments that make a difference. You know, I think about, um, there's several in this room who are part of the foster care system. And even as I think about that, there's so many, man, can we just say it's messed up, okay? There's a lot of difficulty in that system. But guess what? God is using some of you to demonstrate faithfulness to our community, to demonstrate that, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to help. I'm going to support. I'm going to be a part of these families whether reuniting or caring or uh, uh, just being a part of God's work in their lives, I'm not going to let that slip by. And God has placed that on your heart. Now, it's not that it's that case with all of us. That doesn't need to be the case with all of us. But God does place something on your heart, doesn't he? He places a burden on your heart. Would you follow through? And most importantly, as we talk about faithfulness to our community, we need to remember to share his message. He says, be reconciled to Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Therefore, we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors. We are the ones taking the message on behalf of God. Again, another big responsibility, isn't it? He's entrusted us with that message. It's not our message, it's his. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Do you hear the passion? Do you hear the compassion? We're not being arrogant. We're not being forceful. We're not being do-gooders. We're saying, oh, please, God has been so 
kind to me. He has reconciled me to him through Jesus. And he wants that to be true in your life too. We're to be humble and invested. Faithfulness is a big deal. Being faithful can have such a huge impact on our families, on our church, and in our community. But if you want to understand, uh, we need to understand that failing to be faithful sometimes has long-term and dramatic consequences. You know, when I was young, my brother had this bust of Abraham Lincoln. You know, like the head and shoulders thing, right? And I don't know why he liked it. It was kind of weird. But, but he was so excited about it. And my older brother, so I can make fun of him, okay? He was so excited, you know, he'd like polish it and, you know, every day. And just, he was so proud of it. But one day, that bust fell over. I'm not at liberty to say how that may have happened. <laughs> whether it was by my hands or otherwise, but the head fell off, okay? And it was no longer whole. It was no longer complete. And that is a lot like faithfulness. That is a lot like trust. You know, sometimes when we break that trust, it's not the same anymore, is it? You know, I tried to to glue that thing back on so nobody would know and set that up there. But it was clear, wasn't it? It was obvious for everyone to see something happened. That's the reality of broken faithfulness. And you know, I think that shows the weight of it as well, you know? We're not uh, perfect We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. We're going to break trust. But God wants to make us whole. He wants to make us complete. And you know what? He does that in a lot of ways. He, He takes broken relationships and makes them new, makes them fresh. He does something with our lives that we could never do ourselves. But the more that we point others to God's faithfulness, the more that we are faithful with what he has given us, the more they see it demonstrated in our lives, the more they'll be able to trust Christ. It's not us getting in the way anymore. Faithfulness is a big deal. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you today and there is a heaviness, a burden to the faithfulness the thing that you've entrusted us with. You know, whether it's our family or our community or our church or something else, Father, that you have given us, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be faithful. Enable us to be faithful. We can't do it on our own. We need you to do it with us, to do it for us. But Lord, you have said that we get to be a part of proving your faithfulness. Of being faithful with what you've entrusted us. Lord, help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.